the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola, amigos. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> <Bud> Goodman. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to our rather unique radio program. I'm aware there are maybe more accurate terms used by others to describe our show, like, say, train wreck or one big mess. I choose to tune out all the haters and stay inside the bubble that tells me the Spud Goodman Show just might be the third best radio show now on the air. Yeah, I may be the only person inside that bubble, but every vote counts, right? So let me introduce our uh, designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Why don't you uh, start things off with a quick chuckle? I can do that. <laughs> hmm, how was that? That was serviceable. I've heard better chuckles, but it'll... it'll, it'll uh, uh, wait, wait, can I get a do-over? Not necessary. Oh, no, fine. I'm not, I am now forced to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, maybe, you know, you could just send out to the universe through your body language that you, uh, you know, you're now acknowledging my acknowledgement. Um, I think it'd be actually... You know, maybe with an unspoken graciousness towards my generosity. Okay, I'm not... Oh, yeah, I, I am now picking up through your well-spoken body language that you are appreciative of my acknowledgement of you. So moving on, oh, wait, wait, I wait. wanted I, to I, then... But I most certainly am not displaying any body language right now. I don't sure even, you are. I don't, I don't know how to communicate through body language. It is impossible to do this. Nothing is impossible in life. With a can-do attitude, anything can be accomplished. Just give it a try. Well... Well, I, 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 you know what? I'd much prefer to just say how excited I am about this show, as I think we've got a great lineup Look, this you, week. You had, and I want you had to get in those actual words, and, and, well, and not well, you, you violated my instructions. But, uh, I, I'm going to get you know things started here with a, su a suggestion from a listener. This is something I wanted to bring up. He will remain nameless until we find out if his idea will really work. Uh, I mean, you know, why give someone public recognition if they end up giving us? Horrible advice, right? People can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. I didn't see the email he sent. Uh, what exactly is he suggesting we do differently on the show? Yeah, you know, if he's advocating that we give greater airtime to other staff members, count me in as a big supporter. Uh, he, he never <laughs> mentioned anything about giving others more airtime, okay? He said idea. he listens to a lot of radio and watches a, a ton of TV. Uh, yeah, he, he says he's kind of an expert, so oh. I'm going to give his suggestions a shot. When you think about it, we can't, we can't get any worse ratings. Well, I'm, I'm curious. What exactly is he saying? Will it make this show better? Uh, Spud, did he mention me? And can I ask if he said anything about me or, or Chance? 
I know that we're receiving a lot of feedback about our relationship. You would be surprised how many people are involved in alternative relationships. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Uh, no, he did not mention anything about uh, staff members, but Aunt Dorothy, or maybe a, a few people who are, are okay with someone your age dating a 21-year-old community college intern, but I, I don't think there are enough of them to help us with the ratings. Oh, you would be surprised at how many people are okay with our kind of relationships, bud. I don't know. They just choose to remain anonymous. Well, you, you know, of course, if you were a man and Chance were a young woman, there would be a strong public support, but I refuse to believe more than a few morally bankrupt souls would approve of your uh, situations. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but sometimes I have to tell it like it is. Shut up. I won't take moral counseling from a guy who is one generation removed from having a, a family full of sister wives. You know, Mrs. Jarvis, you know I only have one wife. Oh, hey, can, can I just get to what this guy's saying, you know, we can do to make the show like really popular? It's pretty simple. He thinks if we just try and, you know, compete with the current stuff on pay cable, Netflix, and, and Sirius XM, things would like really take off. All we need to do is start swearing a lot. Pretty simple, huh? Yes! Well, I have no problem dropping F-bombs. What, what, what are you saying, Spud? I, I, you know, I know occasionally you've used profanity to express yourself on this show, but thank God our audio director, Dave, has always got his finger on the control so he can use a bleep to cover it up. You, you know, we're on terrestrial radio stations in many markets, and there are FCC rules and regulations that we have to follow. I, I do not want to go to prison. Well, what do we have to lose? What the hell do you have to lose? I know I, I can't swear during guest interviews. Uh, of course, most celebrities cuss like sailors, but they can only do it in like like Quentin Tarantino movies or David Mamet plays. I mean, they get a pass for having a potty mouth while in character, yeah. but they just can't go off you know, swearing at people on the street or in interviews on regular radio. We're going to have to be strategic with our language with this one. Yeah, well, you know, a low-rated radio show is better than a show that gets yanked off the air. Oh, true. Mm, yeah, that is a good point, but... You know, we can give this a try, and if Dave, our audio director, has, you know, to bleep a few things, so be it. I mean, it's on him, I guess. No pressure if you're listening at the control board, Dave. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. So let me get things started by saying, <laughs> yeah, wow. there I said it. I it. It did feel kind of invigorating to say it out loud. It's, it, you know, it's one thing to mumble it under our breath during the show. Not you, but I'm talking about my aunt and I. But just to blurt it out, it's... It kind of gives you a high. You know what I mean? You know what I mean! Yeah, uh, no. I, no, I don't. All right, well, anyway, right now I need to introduce our musical guest. I'm a big fan of these guys. Say hello to Massey Ferguson. Maybe the gods gonna be on my side, swear the winds me up on high. Ain't gonna go back slide. Maybe the God's gonna be on my side. Slap the time and time. Maybe the God's gonna be on my side. Be on my side. Lord, I try. Maybe the gods gonna be on my side, believe that it's implied. Maybe the gods 
gonna be on my side I don't see no downside Maybe the God's gonna be on my side Won't fall by the wayside Maybe the God's gonna be on my side Be on my side Oh, I try Confess my pride Little You're coming right on time Maybe the gods are gonna be in my life Be in my life Lord, I try You said you sing it Maybe the gods gonna be on my side, be on my side, be on my side. Maybe the gods gonna be on my side, be on my side, be on my side. This is the Spider Goodman Show. Is a Spud Goodman show. Say Spud. Yes. Well, your first guest, Ron Perlman, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, I'm a fan of this guy. He he he's a real 100% badass. No pretend toughness here. Oh yeah. Besides running like a motorcycle club on Sons of Anarchy and a bunch of other you know bad guy roles, like he was of course in Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy one and two, he was so good as a demon. A demon. Who would make a movie about a demon? That's sick. Demons don't deserve to have movies made about them. You dick! My gosh, there are so many good people to make movies about. Oh, it was based on a comic book character, Gerald. What? Someone wrote a comic book about a demon? Oh, brother. You know, comic books are supposed to be funny, like uh, Archie or uh, Dennis the Menace. Who would want to be scared by a demon in a comic book? This in our pants yet? Uh, many millions of people. Uh, I, don't, I don't It's understand. make-believe. And the demon Ron played in Hellboy 1 and 2 worked to fight, you know, not-so-nice people and entities. He was a conflicted demon. But just put him through. Yeah, here he is. Say hello to actor Ron Perlman. Thanks much for checking in with us. I am a fan. I want to say that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, 
I gotta ask you about, you know, your relationship with the amazing director Guillermo del Toro. I gotta ask you this: How cool was the experience with him on the set? You worked with him multiple times. He has to be the most one of the most creative people in the movie biz. Well, he's creative, but he's also just a really great and fun human to be around. Um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to participate in the very first film he ever made down in Mexico City. And the minute we were in each other's company, we felt like we'd known each other for like 30 years. There was just this warmth and this ease to our relationship that has turned into uh, not only just a great professional collaboration, but, you know, like like brothers from another mother kind of thing. Uh-huh. All right. So you guys might work again together in the future? I wouldn't rule it out. All right, all right. Well, you also have a new movie out titled Asher. The bio states you play an aging hitman. Now, you're in pretty darn good shape, so I don't know about that aging label. Well, the hair is white. The wrinkles are um, are, are undeniable. And um, chronologically, he is definitely on the wrong side of the hill. He's heading downhill fast. His best days are behind him. Uh, the reason why I... Produce the film and love the film as much as I do is because it's a classic aging gunslinger who's trying to figure out, like, did his life have any meaning and um, what was it all about? And so it's a classic kind of neo noir, kind of 70s huh. part uh, genre film, part character study. Ooh, I like that. Um, well, Ron, from following your Twitter feed, at Permutations, you're very engaged with what's going on in our country right now. You're kind of fearless with those 280 characters. Have your fingers got you into a few online battles? More than a few, my friend. More than a few. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. Um, well, didn't you at one time declare you would run for the presidency in 2020? You never really had your own reality show, so aren't you, like, actually overqualified? Totally overqualified, which is why I dropped out. Yeah, yeah, I, I you can know, see I'd make, that. I'd make, I'd make way too good a president. You know, it's, I'm sorry, we just, we don't want to raise the bar that high because uh, then the guy who has to follow me is totally screwed. Well, um, I know you can read and speak in complete sentences as an actor, so those skills as POTUS are, are not exactly trending these days. So yeah, I definitely think you're overqualified. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, all yeah. right. Well, depending, depending on who you compare me to. True. That, that's that's valid point, yeah. Um, uh, Spud? Yeah? Well, I, I'm not real familiar with Ron and his background, but I would disagree with your statement an actor would be overqualified compared to a re- reality TV show host. I don't know if you watch reality shows on TV, but most of the people involved on them are really sharp cookies. They aren't playing a character, which is easy. They're playing themselves, and that is way more difficult. Oh, Ron, just a sec. Um, you know, the bar is set so low right now with our current reality show host in the White House. I'm betting a fourth grader oh. could go ahead to head with them like in a spelling bee. And, oh, and, and, oh, and come I, on, the man the man can't spell. Let's all agree with that. Oh, no, I hope they wouldn't ask Trump to spell origin. Yeah. He would be out on the very first word. You know what? Spelling and talking in complete sentences are not necessary skills to serve as president. He just needs to be a strong leader who other countries are afraid of. With President Trump, I would say, mission accomplished. 
Uh, almost everyone on Earth is afraid of what wacky thing he might try. So yeah, the well, whole world is scared. Uh, you know, if that makes you feel good, whatever. Just, just let me get back to Ron. All right, I'm back. Well, I kind of got to touch on Sons of Anarchy, of course. Uh, you, you played the leader of the club, Clay Morrow. You know, we had on Ryan Hurst, who played Opie, and Emilio Rivera, who played uh, Marcus Alvarez, on. And I had the opportunity to hit them up on a couple, you know, a few, uh, a little trivia for SOA fans. Uh, can I ask if you still have your cut now, and do you wear it around like shopping or when you go to Dodger games? I, like everybody else uh, who was a regular on the show, was given his cut, um... Um, as, a, as a beautiful, generous gesture uh, at the end of the run. Um, and my, my uh, charity of choice is uh, Multiple Sclerosis, the mm -hmm. uh, Foundation. I actually auctioned my cutoff and um, raised some money for the charity. I see. Super. Um, did uh, I asked the motor the the writing question to Emilio uh, in terms of prior before the show started? Were you a big motorcycle guy before uh, the show? No, not before, not during, and not after. Oh, so you uh, so when you were on the bike, that was like a first time time thing. Yes, it was a first time kind of thing. It wasn't something that. Um, that I was drawn to, um, even even by being exposed to it, like many of the guys on the show, most of the guys on the show loved it, got their own bikes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with me, it was basically just uh, an opportunity to play a character that I found to be uh, larger than life and uh, interesting to study. Well, the character definitely resonated with a whole lot of people. Just curious, when you ran into to real motorcycle club people, um, did, did they ever come up and, uh, I don't know, chat or whatever? We were very appreciated by the real club world. I um, bet. They thought what we were doing was authentic, was nuanced, was um, <clears throat> not the typical exploration of motorcycle guys, which is usually very one-dimensional and very kind of, Celebrating this, you know, the fact that they're violent blobs. You know, we, we try to um, do a more realistic uh, exploration of, of their family values, why they became uh, off the grid guys, anarchists to begin with. And uh, we got a lot of love from the community. Right. Well, as your character died, and most 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 of the others did uh, by the season finale, I'm guessing there's no chance you'll ever come back to life on a Mayans MC. Is that a pretty good guess? That's a good guess, man. Yeah, really damn it. Good guess. Dang it. All right, all right. Well, last question. Um, what's been your most memorable moment uh, so far in you know in your in your film career or television career, whatever? Well, about six years ago, I started my own uh, movie studio called Wing and a Prayer Pictures. And um, we're seeing the culmination of that finally now. I uh, just produced uh, and I started a movie called Asher. Yeah. Which is one of my proudest achievements. And we got another movie out called Two Death, which is another one of my proudest achievements. So going from being a guy who made a living as an actor for all those years and then segueing into a more... Um, uh, holistic approach to bringing films from conception to execution has been uh, a real a real pleasure for me. When's that second film it's you mentioned coming out? Do you know? Which one? What's what's the second? When is the second film you mentioned coming out? 
It's out now. Oh, both of okay, it's okay. Playing around, it's playing in theaters now. It's called Two Dust. It stars Matthew Broderick and uh, Geza Warwick. Huh. And uh, it's gotten great reviews. Uh, everybody loves it. It's a small little film, so you got to kind of keep your eye open for where it's playing. But um, I'm real proud of it. All right, super. I'll, I'll, I will find it. Okay, I, I won't keep you any longer. Uh, I know you got a whole bunch of stuff to do. So thank you so much for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Mr. Ron Perlman. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. What's going on, man? It's your boy David Oliva. And DJ Jersey. Here rocking with Spud Goodman. With Aunt Dorothy. We got Gerald in the house. Chance the intern. Man, these guys are killing it out here on the Spud Goodman Show, man. Spud Goodman Show. Check me out at Real Olivas. DJ Jersey everything. Listening to Spud Goodman will might be hazardous for your health, but... We don't know. We don't care. It's the Spud Goodman Show. All the good stuff is hazardous for your health. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, if we're going to go all in with a profanity-laced radio show, then we're kind of dropping the ball here. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, I agree right now that the show could be on Disney Radio. So Mm, can can you give us a snappy bit of profanity? It carries much more punch from a senior citizen, Aunt Dorothy. Good call, yo. Sure, I guess. See, if I said that word on the show, it just it just wouldn't have the same impact. Watch. See, nothing. Yeah, I guess so. You should probably up your game with better swear words. Yes! You know, I, I believe my wife Rachel is listening to the show, and I cannot express how embarrassing this is for me. These kinds of naughty words are something that, well, I just don't feel comfortable with. Really? Your idol yeah. Donald Trump swears like, I don't know, John Gotti 24-7. It must be so hard for him to, to keep it PG-rated and, you know, instead of X while playing the role of president. It's like he's a porn star in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I, listen, I realize our commander-in-chief has occasionally said a bad word or two in public. <laughs> but, well, but listen, for the most part, he's carried himself well and is a fine role model for my two sons. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, say what? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just don't want to go down into another, you know, Trump rabbit hole, you know, in the, with the Mueller report and everything. I just not, not, on, not on this particular show. Let's just focus on making this program better, okay? Right. Do you want me to drop another F word? Oh, heck, I'll just do it. Thank you again, Aunt Dorothy. Uh-huh. You, you guys, do you remember what happened to the career of public figures who swore a lot right down the toilet? Listen, do you remember the guy who played Kramer on that Seinfeld show, Michael something or other? And he, he yeah. went on stage at a comedy club, and he just lost it at some heckler. He said a bunch of bad words, and his career was over. Um, you know, I don't think swear words were the problem for Michael oh, Richards. Yeah. He, he said something else that was way, way worse than f- 
Uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. He has all that Seinfeld's money to fall back on. Okay, all right. Well, listen, what about Mel Gibson? He went off on a profanity-laced diatribe while being arrested, and it got out to the public, and now look at him. Or, I mean, if you can find him in a movie anymore. Again, I don't think swear words are what got Mel Gibson in hot water I either. Think he, was uh, he, he has a bit of a temper and, and said not really okay things like yeah, about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember if he just kept it to a few views oh. and not that master race stuff, he might still be starring in movies today. I don't think so. You know, I'm not familiar with the specifics of his situation, but I know he won't be doing a Lethal Weapon 6 or 7, and, and that's a tragedy. Not really the definition of a tragedy. Uh, oh, he could still rehab his career, huh? It's still possible. Okay, yeah, he is you know, if we're talking about celebrities who, you know, who spewed profanity off camera and survived, uh, there are those. Why don't you bring up Christian Bale? I mean, he went off on that grip during a movie, you know, and someone leaked the conversation and it was, it was pretty brutal stuff, but his career is just fine. He just, you know, he just got nominated at last year's Academy Awards. So bad words don't always cause a sad ending. Game has changed, yo. So just, just. Think about that. See yeah. if our next guest is ready. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, oh, Spud, I'm being told by the board that your next guest, Sean Astin, is holding for you. All right. You know, I, I have wanted to get Sean on this show for a while. He's been in some really interesting stuff over the years. Oh, I saw two of those Lord of the Rings movies. I was on my way to see the third one, and I got a flat tire on the way to the theater. Never did see it. Maybe I could ask him what happened in it. Yeah, I don't think that would be cool. You know, that was many years ago, right? And oh. and you know the rule: no questions from anyone other than oh, me. Oh darn! And that rule was put in just for you, Gerald. Yeah, and I continue to find it to be a very counterproductive rule. I have so much to offer in the guest interviews. I think the reason why is I've just been like so unhappy. Well. It's only an hour show, man, okay? I know. If, if I let you jump in, we would need to expand to like two or three hours, and I can never sit still that long. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Please put Sean through, please. Yeah, yeah all right, here he is. Welcome actor Sean Astin. Uh, thanks for calling in, man. Bud. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, man? Pretty good. So, you have another show now on Netflix after completing season two of Stranger Things. This one's called No Good Nick. It's been okay for two seasons before it even airs. So, congrats. That's kind of rare these days. You know, 20 episode order is, yeah, it's incredibly rare. So, they consider it one season where the first 10, like the first half of the season is is now, you know, all 10 are going to drop on Monday, and then the second half, 10, are going to drop, like, later in the year. So I guess for the audience, it's like two seasons. But they, they you know, we're hoping for a pickup for our second season. That's the way we're, we're thinking it. But tonight, actually, we're filming. It's our last night of filming episode 20. Huh. So it's our season one, like, it's a very emotional day for us. Uh, and, and it's amazing that it finishes on a Friday, and then the show premieres on Monday. I mean, it's it's... You know, it's just a whirlwind, actually. Right. Well, you're pretty busy these days juggling multiple projects. Is this is this period the most hectic you've had, other than, say, being on that marathon shoot of the Lord of the Rings trilogy in New Zealand? I'll tell you what. We our show, this show, uh, a no good neck. We have we film or we tape in front of a live studio audience three weeks in a row, and then we have our fourth week off. 
and then three weeks and fourth week off. So the, those hiatus weeks are for the writers to collect themselves. Uh, and, and during each one of the hiatuses, I had, I was on an episode of Big Bang Theory or of, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or I went to Atlanta to do an episode of a show. So, uh, it's been, it's just been incredible, like six and a half, seven months. So yeah, I, 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 yes is the answer to the question. Well, maybe I should have used another term like lengthy as you are an actual marathon runner, right? Oh, that is so cool. Uh, you know, I, I didn't I haven't done the Seattle Marathon yet. Yes, I've run th- uh, 13 uh, big city marathons, including Boston Marathon, the Marine Corps Marathon, and I did the Ironman Triathlon in uh, Kona, Hawaii. But I've stopped running for like the last year and a half, so now I'm really fat. Well, I, I don't know about fat. Uh, I can, we, we can talk about fat. We won't, we won't deal with that issue. But, uh, well, getting back, one, one last question. <laughs> one last question, though, about the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy shoot. Uh, um, I was just curious. Um, whatever, what would happen if, say, you or Elijah Wood would have just said, heck, I feel like calling in sick for a few weeks? Well, then I would have messed things up, because huh? they couldn't recast it midway through like the second mo- movie of the three, right? You know, you, you put your finger on something that it's like... It's- it's very, it's not funny to me. It's very powerful because there was a moment, you know, you have like a body clock, yeah. you know, you're used to doing certain things. And after three or four months, your body clock was saying like, okay, you finished your movie. And you're like, nope, we're not even a fifth of the way through. And so like somewhere, somewhere after like seven months, I remember being in the, the, uh, the makeup buses, they have like these 18 wheelers and they empty them out and they put like makeup stations in there where you get your hobbit ears and hobbit hair put on. Yeah. And it was dark in there, the lights weren't on, and I was standing behind where my makeup thing was, my station, and we all have our pictures up over it, and, and I looked in the mirror and I thought, I'm so tired, and I'm, I'm so, you know, it's just, this is so hard, the hours, it's like 18 hours a day, and then six hours later you come back again, six day weeks, and, and you know, we're, all, we're, we're, it's like hard, it's physically, you wouldn't think that acting is hard, but like, man, it is hard. And I'm like, what if I can't go on? There's no, you're absolutely right. It's like, you, I can't quit. You know, I can't. And, and, and I, I thought I'd reached like a breaking point in my life. Like, like, I, like I have a nervous breakdown or something. Right. And then what happens is you're like, take a deep breath. And then you keep going. And you realize that like, you are capable of doing so much more than you ever realized. Your body, your mind, your spirit are really uh so much stronger uh and and we you can sort of count on those physical and emotional reserves um you have to trust that they're there so you you ask it seems like a simple question you ask but it's actually a really big question for me it was a very important life you know epiphany realization that i had right well you I was also I was thinking the studio must have been praying that none of you guys like went out at night or started bungee jumping or something well, actually, when we got down there, they gave us a list. Like, please do not surf, uh, bungee jump, parachute, motorcycle ride, what, you know, because it, it, there's no insurance. You know, I, they, they, they couldn't take out insurance. If, if one of us gets hurt, it, who knows? I thought that every, you know, you're so funny. You're really on it. So, but after like three months, it actually became like a to-do list. Right. <laughs> like, 
We we bungee jumped, we paraplaned a couple went skydiving. Orlando and I went motorcycle riding. They all were surfing. I was terrible at surfing, but they all went surfing all the time. One day, Morgan, uh, Viggo Mortensen came in and the surfboard had hit him in the face and his face looked like pulp. I mean, he looked really, it was a bad injury. And they're like, well, I guess we'll film him from the other side just, you know, for two weeks. Well, all right. It's bud. Yes. I, I don't know if I've shared with you my own personal list of activities that are not wise for me to participate in with my role here as co-host. I'm very aware of what impact an injury on my part would do to this show. My gosh, it would create havoc for everyone. So I am very cautious in my personal life. Um, Sean, uh, give me a moment here. I'm pretty sure we would be just fine if you decided to like skydive or or, or climb, say, Mount Everest. Uh, I can chip in if finances are an issue, you know, if you need some help with a flight to Nepal. Rest assured, we would tough it out without you, as the show must go uh, yeah, on. Yeah, Gerald, if you should fall and break a hip skateboarding or rock climbing, I'm fairly confident I could step in and fill your shoes if need be. Yo, no, no, that will never have to happen, Mrs. Jarvitz. I have had most activities evaluated by an actuary in terms of potential risk to my body and overall health. I I'm a team player, Spud. No need to be, man. Jeez, li life is short. Just go for it. Well, we will be fine here. Now, let me get back to Sean, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm back. Well, let me hit you with uh, another project you worked on, a question I got here. Uh, I was thinking, when you took on the, the starring role in the movie Rudy, did you have to like work on your football skills, like do two-a-day drills before the cameras rolled, or were you just born a natural football player? Well, they, you know, I, was, I had just run the LA Marathon right before uh, getting that part, so I was skinny. It's super skinny. And they really, they wanted me for the part. Rudy, Rudy wanted me, they dressed, they wanted me, but they, it was, it wasn't a contractual thing, but they were like, you have to put on 10 pounds or you're just not credible as somebody who can an actual hit from a college, you know, elite football, you know, big, you know, 250 pound guy. Yeah. So, that, so for time before we started, I had a weight, weight training and stuff. And then when we got there, the Notre Dame football team has their complex and they, I had access to the complex and, we kept that going, and then they actually brought out uh, a football. It was very sophisticated, actually, what they did to make the football. Um, you're so good. Your questions are like so unique. So, um, and they they would teach you the stance and the hit drills and stuff. And you know, they were worried that if I got hurt, you know, it's the acting scenes that you really want the lead actor for. So they have the stunt double. But I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to feel what it was like to get hit, and I wanted the audience uh -huh. to feel like they were, the real guy was getting hit and stuff so but we did the stunt double did a lot of work because it, you know there's just physics involved in it it, it hurts it hurts <laughs> like you get hit and those helmets in the in the early 70s Atlanta's like webbing in them and they they were they were just these brain buckets not good not good not good heck yeah i mean you got stuck a few times and i i saw i've seen the movie like well, i don't know 10 times but all right well i let me close this conversation because I know you got all sorts of stuff going on. Is there one project or something that you still really want to do at this point in your career, or do you feel you're pretty much done it all and you know in the business and you're good with where you're at? Well, my lifelong dream. So my mother is Patty Duke, right? Who uh, had a famous, a big hit TV show in the '60s called The Patty Duke Show, a sitcom, amazing that broke show. New ground because she was playing twins. She was playing identical cousins. And then my dad, John Ashton, was in The Addams Family, uh, yeah. you know, which is a which is a, a television comedy. And then my little brother was in The Fact of Life, and the stage he filmed on 
that tape that show on was is the same stage or right next door to the one that my new show is on. So I would actually take the bus from Westwood Village, like when I was 14, 15 years old, by myself, all the way into like downtown Hollywood, almost downtown LA, and I would sit in the audience or sit on the floor or sit in the booth or whatever, and I would watch the sitcom, and I would dream of doing it. And all through the 90s, I would do pilots that didn't get picked up. I did like six pilots that didn't go. But my fantasy, my dream for myself was that one day I would get to star in a sitcom. And that's what the reason why I'm calling you today is because my, my new sitcom, my new family show, live audience, you know, uh, uh, drops on Netflix on Monday. And that's, that's it. That's the dream for me. And, and, it's a, and what we're hoping is that people fall in love with the show. And we, get to, we did 20 episodes. Actually, today, we're finishing shooting our last day of our last episode of the first season. And, and it's funny because that's Friday and on Monday the show drops. Um, and then we're just all praying for a second season. So, so that's, what I, that's what I want, you know. And then I also have aspirations as a filmmaker and other things. But the thing about acting is it's always, you know, if you're lucky and, you're, and you, you know, if you're lucky, basically, you get to do new things that relate to who you are at the age you are and, and deals, dealing with issues that are relative to you. So I can do Goonies when I'm 12 and that pirate adventure feels fun. And then Rudy comes along, and I'm actually in college at the time that I get that movie, and and it, so that is my you know relative to my age then, and you know that's that's the secret is to just try to do stuff that speaks to who you really are at the time you're doing it, and hopefully then you build some longevity, which I've been lucky enough to do. I would think so. Yeah, I mean you have. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing that stuff. I, I you know we really appreciate it, and just just thank you very much. Okay. It's my my pleasure, and thank you so much. I love Seattle. I've been there many, many, many times, and, and I appreciate it. There you have it, Sean Astin. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. <laughs> All right, it's musical guest interview time. Welcome to the show, Massey Ferguson. Gentlemen, please ID yourself and the instrument you play. My name is Ethan Anderson. I'm the lead singer, and I play bass. My name is Adam. I play guitar and sing some. I'm Dave, and I play drums. I'm Fred over here. I'm on keys. Ethan, you want to give their names again if they weren't picked up? Yeah, we got uh, Fred Slater on keys, Adam Monda on guitar and vocals, and Dave Getty on drums. Super. So you... Yeah, you guys have a new record out, Great Divides. How many man hours went into this record, and at what cost? Were there like other band members who were conveniently like disappeared during the sessions if they were off key or screwed up a chord or two? If so, it won't go any further. Well, yeah, we 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 um we've we've had to uh, um, don't bring up Mitch. Yeah, we've had to shed some weight. Uh-huh. Uh, no, we, we we nobody was killed in the making in this album, which as I think is you know. good. It was just unusual for us, actually. But um, no, we um, we got a new album. A lot of man hours. Too many man hours. We actually had to uh, do some overdubs at a studio in Vashon because Martin Fevrier, Martin, if you're listening, love to you, buddy. But uh, your studio was really far away in Vashon <laughs> Island, so we the Washington State Ferry Services. Uh, we're the beneficiaries of quite a bit of mm-hmm. uh, moolah. That I we, still have some receipts I need to turn in, by the way. Yeah, but it's tax season's over, I think, isn't well, it? Well, let's talk traveling. You guys have just returned from a tour in Spain. Anyone bring back any nifty refrigerator magnets? I did, actually. Well, it's yeah. great that you, you mentioned that because we, we went to a, we had one day off, one day off on this, this uh, 
this two week tour and we stopped in Casares, which was uh, like a his UNESCO historical site, and I bought a kitchen magnet. Well, a day off, but with a five hour drive. Yeah, actually, I think it was six. Yeah. They have was... a Walmart there? No. Actually, everything is good. super mom and pop, so That's I bought good. it from yeah. some um, old Spanish lady. All right. Super. They haven't, in, they haven't penetrated that market. That's good to know. Um, so, uh, what's the band's official position on regifting? Uh, is it acceptable or, or is it a heinous crime against humanity? What do you think? I'm for it. <laughs> I do it all the time. Even uh, if it's food? Ooh. Yeah, if I don't like it. Okay. All right. Well, fine. yeah, if it's perishable, then you're in some hot water there. Or, or, or magnets. If it's by the dudes, if it's close to the due date, it's totally yeah. good. All right. All right. Um, well, let me ask you guys uh, what are the long term goals of the band right now? Do you, do you thirst for superstardom, or would you just be okay with plain old stardom? Superstardom. Superstardom all the way, you know, arenas, um, limos, limos, Coachella, green oh. M&Ms. I was going to go blue, but, you know, uh, everybody's got their, their preferences. Um, yeah, I uh, super mega stardom as big as as big as humanly possible. Yeah, kind of like a, I'd like to be like Nikki Six, honestly. Huh? I mean, like not now Nikki Six, but the one from like 88. Watch out for the squirters. But um, so, all right. What's the name of the next song, and uh, what's it about? This is a song called "Don't Give Up on Your Friends." We were in the practice space, and Adam started writing this this really cool idea, and he had the line "Don't Give Up on Your Friends." So I kind of fleshed out the idea, and I mean, the name is self-explanatory. So uh, why don't we get into it, and I'll stop babbling. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. 
Cause we all know I'll be singing the same songs We all know You'll soon be long gone We all know They like you better than me I'm gonna stick around I don't wanna go Goodman Radio Show. Hey there, this is John Doe. You're listening to Spud Goodman uh, make a fool of himself, as he usually does. And it's a good thing, because then you can laugh along with your friends and not laugh with him, but laugh at him. Uh, Spud, yeah. your last guest, Joe Lotruglio, is on the line for you. All right, this dude has been in more funny movies and TV shows than most guests we've ever had on this program. Really? From Reno 911 to, like, Superbad, Pineapple Express, to Wet Hot American Summer to... Oh, I mean, I, he was really good in Pitch Perfect 1 and 2. Uh, not so much the movies, but Joe was very funny. Oh, you know, I believe we rented the first Pitch Perfect 1 weekend. I, I gotta say, it was a bit racy, but my wife seemed to enjoy it, so, you know, we watched it after we put the kids to bed early. How do you put your oldest Gerald Jr. to bed early? He's like 17, right? Yeah. He should have called the authorities or filed a complaint. It's time to shut it down, turn the tables, and lock her up. You know what? He's a big sleeper. He goes up to his room each night after dinner, and we don't see him until breakfast. I drank beer with my friends. I liked beer. I still like beer. You might want to put a GPS tracker on him. I'm fairly sure he has an active nightlife. You're not aware of it, but whatever. Just just, just put Joe through. Well, okay, but you know what? Our son would never sneak out. He loves his family. Uh, he's not a delinquent like you were at his age, but yeah, here's Joe. Say hello to actor and now director Joe Lotruglio. Uh, thanks for coming on our program. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy to be here. Well... The life story of your show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is quite interesting as Fox cancels you, cancels you guys after five seasons and now, now you have one of the top-rated comedies on, on TV with NBC picking up the show. Have any of the actors had to fight back the urge to send off a nasty I-told-you-so tweet or two to the Fox suits? <laughs> uh, you know, we've, we've been able to hold ourselves restrained and, and to be quite fair... You know, the people that we worked with at Fox directly were terrific, and they really did love the show, and um, they really kind of gave us a lot of free reign, and unfortunately, your show didn't quite fit with that particular network, but um, the, the creatives that we had around us were, were always very supportive, but, 
Yeah, I mean, you always like to, you know, succeed after someone says that, you know, you're not working. And so that was very satisfying for sure. And I think the show, um, we, got a, we got a bit of a, a swagger after we came back because, yeah. you know, it was all icing at that point. We didn't think that we were going to be around anymore. And so when you get that much love from that many people, you say like, hey, you know what? A lot of people have been watching and really like us. And so let's, let's, um, let's keep the chin up and keep, uh, keep peacocking. Right. Fun intended. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've been involved with some of the better comedy projects in the last 20 or so years. You know, after your work with the state uh, ended, uh, among them Reno 911, Superbad, Pineapple Express, Party Down, a yeah. bunch of others. Was comedy in your genes? Did you see this coming in middle school? Um, I come from a large uh, Italian-Irish family. We're very loud, and when you have a lot of cousins, you, you want some attention and you want some laughs. And, um... It probably started somewhere around then, but uh, I was always interested in comedy, but I was actually kind of a, a pretty serious kid and was uh, more into horror movies, I still am, um, than, than comedy. And comedy was just something that uh, I enjoyed, I was, I was good at, and um, I ended up just meeting a lot of super talented uh, people. I think the secret to being involved in projects like I've been involved with is that you... Um, you can't be a dick and you make it about the work, oh. you know, uh, it's, it's the truth. You, you just have to, um, you have to, you have to be a good guy. And, uh, and a lot of people that I work with are also, are, are, are just great people. Uh, because in comedy you want to, you know, you, you want to create a nice light atmosphere on set. You know, you don't want to kind of create a lot of drama. That's for the drama. So for comedy, you just, you have to kind of go with the flow and make sure you're in a place that's safe and fun. I, I just wrote that dick thing down just for future reference. So, all right. Um, it's the truth. Those are the only two words, um, the only two rules you need to know. If you, do, if, you, if you follow those things, you'll work a long time. You'll have a lot of friends. All right. Well, you know, on the show, we're discussing those seven words George Carlin identified that you can't say on, you know, over the air on broadcast TV or terrestrial radio. Do you find comedy... Was that one of them? Did I just No, no, no. I don't think that's on the list. Uh, but do, do you, do <laughs> okay, you, good. Yeah. Do you find comedy a lot easier when you can toss a few of those into the mix or not? Uh, I think it's neither here nor there. I, I think it really kind of depends on really the, the joke you're, you're going for. Um, I have no problem with it. I also don't try to go out of my way to use it. Um, yeah, but sure. Everyone loves a good <laughs> by the way. Yeah. yeah, we can. Yeah, that's one of those bleeped where, yeah, well, that'll be bleeped. Yeah, that, we, I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, Spud. Yes. Spud, I don't think we've ever had to bleep a guest before. You see what happens when you go down this road of profanity? Hey, Joe, hold on for a sec. Okay, all right. Like I said, it, it'll be bleeped. It was bleeped. Whatever. Don't, well, don't freak out here. He just said. I mean, it's not like he said mother oh. or sucker. Yeah, Gerald, calm down. Guests should be allowed to express themselves in the manner they wish. Who made you the language police anyway? Uh, you know, Joe could have gone off on a real cussing tirade when I asked, you know, what his take was on those seven words. He was very professional about it. Well, he could have chosen a synonym for that S word, like uh, poop, or maybe, dare I say, crap. I, I believe that one's okay with the government. Oh, yeah, crap is fine. See? Stay vigilant, man, and let me get back to Joe. All righty, I'm back. Now, where were we? Yeah. Um, so I wanted a little bit, you know... We started be we're able to bleep on NBC now. Like, you know, we weren't able to do that at Fox. And and we every now and then on the show on Brooklyn Nine Nine, 
we, we throw a, beep, a bleep in there. We, we, didn't, we weren't able to do that at Fox. So, uh, and, and I'll say this. Bleeps are, are funnier than the actual uh, uh, curse word. I'll say that. A, a nicely timed bleep gets a laugh every time. In Go. fact, there's a great one on my episode that I directed to, uh, uh, on, on Thursday night. Super. All right. Um, yeah. Well, last question. Uh, if you were suddenly appointed comedy commissioner of the world, what would be your first edict? Possibly maybe doing away with laugh tracks on all sitcoms. That, that would be my first one. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I would, I, I would get a lot more, um, I, I would get a lot more Brooklyn Nine-Nine on the air. Huh. Um, even more so than it is. That would be my edict. I, a, a, a 24-7 Brooklyn Nine-Nine channel. Brooklyn you know, and, Nine-Nine and then, channel. and then we'd have to, we'd have to bring in, uh, every week, uh, we'd rotate uh, um, our, our, our actors a little bit, so we'd all be playing, you know, different roles. I'd be playing, you know, Rosa, perhaps, you know, uh, uh, you know, Stephanie would be playing Hulk. Uh, something along those lines. Well, may- maybe uh, squeeze out a, like an hour or two, like at three or four in the morning for some Reno 911 reruns, but that's just tonight. All right, I know you got to go. So sure, me- I'd have a cast of Reno do, uh, do Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There you go, all right. All right, well, let me say yeah. again, Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> airs each Thursday on NBC at 9, 8 Central. We really appreciate you checking in with us. I, I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot, Spud. Yep, Mr. Joe Lotuglio. My... How time flies. You know, Spud, it's not too late to turn this naughty word train around. I think there is a reason that the government came up with those 15 or or is it 16 words people cannot say on the air. It's only seven words, like I said to Joe. George Carlin pretty much laid it out for the public, at least in this country. Uh, I really miss George Carlin. A major loss for the world of comedy and common sense, too. You know, you both may recognize only seven words to be off limits, but I and the others have it in double-digit figures. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Uh, SOB and pissed off are no longer considered profanity either. Times change, man. All right, maybe not in some other countries. I, I think there are places where there are only so many words you can say. That is messed up, yo. I feel sorry for the talk show hosts in Saudi Arabia and North Korea. And for the record, Gerald, those seven words yeah. are... And... Yeah, I always oh. thought... Was uh, in there too, but I guess not, as that would be eight. Dorothy... I know you rarely Mm. use profanity, really only when you're watching Fox News and occasionally in our intimate moments, so I'm proud of you using words publicly that would still get me in trouble if I said them at my parents' house. It was very brave. The last time I used the F word, my dad took away my video game controller and made me clean the gutters. Yeah, you mean when you were a little kid? No, this happened last month. In case my parents are listening now, I really can't join in on this cussing thing. It's not worth it for me. Honey, honey, you should always respect your parents' wishes. The last thing you need to do is get put on restriction again. We have plans to go to that rave at my friend's warehouse. I know. I'm really watching my behavior around the house as I know you really want to go to my first rave. Uh, Spud, 
I cannot believe your aunt said those words out loud. Now all of us are going to be in trouble. Oh, brother. What have you two done? I often play this show later at my church over the public address system in the recreation area. You know, the shows where I have a more prominent role. I guess we'll find out if it was worth it soon. I mean, uh, you, you know if that guy's advice to spice up the show was on the money or not. And it only makes common sense. I'll be honest, this designated laugher position is really not doing it for me these days. So if we do go down in flames, so be it. I think I almost have enough credit, so if the show gets canceled, I'll be okay. I could do a research paper for my faculty advisor. Yeah. And, oh, I, I think we have a caller who wants to join in the discussion. Oh, what the Hey, I don't think anyone needs to bleep hell. I mean, uh, call, I call you there. Go ahead. What's your take on our new approach? What are you thinking? Are you pro-profanity or anti-profanity? Yeah, I really don't care about profanity one way or another. People cuss all the time where I work, and it just goes in one ear and out the other. If you really want to know what I think, uh, I don't know, swearing all the time is kind of lame. But what I'm calling is, I wanted to know if you guys would be interested in booking my band as a musical guest. I'm in a hardcore harmonica punk band. We totally rock! And don't take this wrong, but you really need a band with balls. That's ridiculous. That's kind of a sexist statement, caller. Yeah, okay, fair point. Let me rephrase that. You need a band that actually rocks. How about that? Huh. Uh, I disagree that we don't book bands that rock. I mean, our band tonight is freaking awesome. And, you know, okay, we do try to you know have some diversity, you know, some different genres. Uh, just send your link or demo or whatever to me, and, and, and I'll check it out. But I got to go. Hey, no, 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 no. We're at band practice right now. Could we play something for you over the phone? Hey, guys. No, no, I'm up. sorry. I'm not into, in the mood for any harmonica music. Uh, get rid of this, please. Bye. Um, okay, in, but hey, this guy did bring up a decent point. Swearing just to swear is maybe kind of weak. And truthfully, I, I'm not really good at cussing. I, I often struggle to select the right cuss word, and the wrong one can totally destroy your street cred. You know, so there are so many... Th- you know, others shows out there on satellite radio and podcasts, then the people on those are just highly skilled cussers. Maybe we just need to stick with what we are now. You know, what do you guys think? Like, a, we, let's face it, we're a bland, boring show. Uh-huh. We offend no one. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Finally, some reason and wisdom, Spud. I could not agree with you more. Leave the swearing to those who are good at it. You stupid, ignorant, dumb. You know, contrary to what others say, there is nothing to be ashamed of for being boring. Trust me on that one. <laughs> I'm going to think this one over and make a decision soon, okay? Can, can I ask if you have ever, ever said a borderline swear word? I, I don't think I've ever heard you blurt well. out anything, even questionable. When, like, you, you know, spill your coffee all over your shirt, which yeah, happens all the yeah, time, or, yeah. or when someone pulls out, you know, your chair when you try and sit down as a prank. That's always funny. But you, you always display great control. I mean, come on. Give us a borderline word just for fun. This is going to be cool. Uh, you, you know, I'm not a prude, Spud. You, you really want to hear me spew profanities publicly? Yeah. Uh, okay. How uh, about everybody does? <clears throat> how about this? Damn it! There, I said it. Are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, you're it. probably going to get your mouth washed out with soap when you get home. So Maybe. I guess it was sort of Maybe. brave. Thank you. Now let me close this damn show. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye. Copyright 2019. Spud Goodman Productions.